Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, working class nobodies, improperly handled explosives, homebound hookers, pinky ring induced brain trauma, racing playing cards, and handheld BB guns. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of the Spikin Movie Review. This is your host, Zon. And Zoro, a.k.a. Dirty Z. Yes, Dirty Z. Yes, you have returned again. It has been some time. Just a little bit. Not too bad. Yeah, I had to take a hitchhike to another galaxy and come back, but I'm here. I'm here. I'll yeah, make yeah. it every once in a while. Yeah, it has nothing to do with your AC debt, which you owe. You know, those bookies who are coming asking, Hey, where's Zoro? We need the money back. <laughs> yeah, my ankles are okay. Not... Yeah, they didn't hobble your ass. Yeah, I try. I, I try to pay them back, but sometimes you know it, it lands up going to to the track. Yeah, lucky number seven wasn't so lucky. <laughs> of course, of course. Now most of you are with your families today, or with your relatives, because it's a nice long weekend, relaxing, eating a lot of food filled with gravy and stuffing and other good things like that. Yes, all gathered around the campfire. Yes, and hopefully you guys remember not to eat or indulge too much, because it's not a very good time to do that, you know? You're going to get sick, you're going to be on the john the entire time, miss the big football game. It's funny, because I thought about joining the gym, then I realized the holidays are coming, and I was like, yeah, that's not going to work out too well. <laughs> Why is it that everyone... So I'm going the opposite the way, instead of... Losing weight, I just decided to put ten pounds on so I could lose it back. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going with exactly. That's yeah. I think what we're all gonna do. But of course, you're not here for that. You're here to listen to our review. Now, for those who don't know, Spark inside that provides information and reviews about well, movies. We tell you what movies are worth watching, which ones aren't. Now, you don't have to agree with anything we say, but I've heard we're a little entertaining. Sometimes, sometimes that's what I've heard too. And like we said, some movies to watch, some movies to not watch. But yeah, yeah, exactly. And some are just kind of well really bad and others are really cool like remember that movie we talked about with Wolfman he's got nards he's got nards ah yes he does have nards but either way you can check us out at www.spirekin.com you can email us at spirekinmovie at gmail.com trying something a little different instead of the regular spirekin at gmail.com but anyway that's neither here nor there you can also check out our twitter feed under spirekin and if you want to send us any lovely voicemails 206-350-8462 you can email Zorro at zorro.spirekin at gmail.com and me at zan at spirekin.com eventually I will pay the money to have at spirekin.com I think I'm actually going to do it this week maybe I doubt it but it might happen 
who knows if that lucky number seven becomes lucky i might help you out with that yeah <laughs> hopefully maybe we'll see. or my ankles will be broken again don't worry i i, I got another one just in case <laughs> This isn't like the time with the kidneys, is it? Where you woke up and you... <laughs> Shh, we don't talk about that. We don't. No, no. Okay, 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 okay. Drops the lotion. <laughs> okay. Dun, dun, dun. Are you going to do that episode? Are you going to do silence? Uh, I'm still still contemplating. It's, it's it, I get nightmares whenever I talk about it, so I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. Yeah, at least it's not. Well, so we're going to talk about an uplifting movie, because unlike the last episode... Well, actually, last episode was pretty cool, because we talked about... The one, the only, the School of Rock. School of Rock. Yes, with Jack Black. And if you remember, we rolled the Dodecahedron of Movies. It's a kind of how we're reviewing a very happy and interesting movie. Now, this movie, it's a little different. It's a little... It's how actually, did you guys rate School of Rock? I didn't get a chance to, to fully catch the whole episode. Let's do the first half of it. But, but what, was the, what was the actual rating at the end of School of well, Rock? Well, I gave it a worth watching on DVD once... And Deke gave it a borrow from a friend and don't return unless offered the ultimate collection CD of Pink Floyd. Oh, well, yeah, Pink Floyd's pretty good stuff. But I have to say, School of Rock was on TV the other day, and I couldn't shut it off. I was, I was. It is funny though. Jack Black, I think, really like somehow earlier in life wanted to be a rock star or something like that because the whole Tenacious D thing and now the whole School of Rock thing. It's like trying to live his fantasies, I guess, through movies. But he's but. sold out. Gulliver's Travels, I mean, fucking really, he yeah, sold the yeah. fuck out. I mean, like, who isn't selling out? Like, if you think about it, Eddie Murphy, like, okay, he just became, like, a big fat person now with all the Nutty Professor movies. Same thing with Martin Lawrence. Like, if you think about it, he used to be, like, a badass comic cursing doing all this. Now what's he known for? Big Mama's House. Same he's thing with being a big Chris Rock. But, well... Chris Rock, not really. Chris Rock still does his, his stand-up no, If he's on stand-up, stuff. he is the king. If he does a movie, it's the worst movie ever. Um, Except for Death at a Funeral, but that was a remake. I don't even count that. Even then, like, if you tell anyone, like, is Death in Your Funeral in one of your top 100 movies, I'd be like, uh, no. I'd give it the original, because <laughs> that was just... But it's Chris Rock in the original. No, that's no, the problem. Exactly. So that's the thing. Is like, that's yeah. not a good look. But there's right one there. actor we'll I will say who still has that stamp of approval if you see him on the movie. Even if right. the, so, I say this? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Let's think about it. every movie. Even I, though I don't I like, I think Tom Hanks is one of those Midas people. Like everything he touches turns to gold. So yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I mean, I don't art. like his last two movies, but that's just because I don't like the writings of that fucking religious nut job. I don't want to yeah, read the yeah. Da Vinci Code or Angels and Demons or that fucking other even one. Even though those did. are two badass movies, <laughs> I still have yet to see them. <laughs> those are two. You haven't seen that either one. I just don't want to watch it. It's, it goes. What under- do you do again? You, you review movies, don't you? Huh? <laughs> when, when those episodes come out, I'm probably gonna take a hiatus and have Deke and you do it. See, I'm scared though because one of our rankings is borrow a movie from a friend and never ever return no matter what. And if I let you borrow it, that's probably what's gonna happen because that's a good movie. So uh, I'm scared. I, I don't it. know. That's we'll one. Of, that's one of those movies. Just I just can't get into it. Just so I don't know. It just it goes in that weird little. My little theory, same reason with, um, not Last Temptation, the other one. Well, Last Temptation's on there too, but, uh, the, the big one which everyone watched and that lady had a heart attack because of the, reli- the the movie, the one that you, you're the only person. of the Christ? Yes. The, oof, scary stuff. Yeah, someone said we should review that. I don't think yeah, I Yeah, I think we should stay away from that. Kind of like the whole thing, you know, talk about religion or politics with people you just met. Yeah, that's something where, mm. unless you want the people standing in front of the house like, oh, look at this, yeah. no, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, no, that movie, that's one of those ones. It's the same thing with the Oscar winner movies because someone said, why do you review Citizen Kane? I'm like, what can you say about those movies? It's yeah, I'll, I'll I'll help you review Passion of the Christ right now. Shocking. If you want to put Passion of the Christ in one word, 
it's not that it's a bad movie. It's not that it's a great movie. It is, like, shocking. Like, if you watch it, you're just like, wow, I cannot believe this happened to a human being, especially that human being in general. But anyway, okay, so that's it. We yes. reviewed it. Good yes. job. Yes, okay. Okay, we reviewed it at the end. The end. Right. So you who were asking, we've done it. We've done a good job. And also, this is... Well, we should get something like, happier. So we'll talk about this happy movie. Now, this exactly. One. So back to our Thanksgiving-based, the holiday-based um, uh, movie. Hitching a ride with someone you love. Or hate. Or hate. Now this, <laughs> If I had to define this movie, that's a pretty good definition. It's a perfect de- definition of this movie. Now, this movie was directed by Peter Fabin. Now, this guy directed... Wait, wait what'd you say? Fabin. Not Gaiman. Who? Whoever. <laughs> I was going to say, let me think about that. Um, uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, no one knows this guy. This, But this guy created two movies which are kind of popular. One is the eco-friendly cartoon, Ferngully the Last Rainforest, which the only reason why that movie is even interesting is because Tim Curry was in it. And the other movie, a lot of people know, it's about a guy who comes from Australia. That was when it was really popular to like Australia in the United States. I'm, and I admit I was a fan of it too. And that's Crocodile Dundee. And that's the knife. This is a knife! <laughs> I have to say, when Crocodile Cut Dundee came out, it was like everyone to go to Australia and everyone to say good day, mate. But like one thing about Crocodile Dundee, have you ever noticed that it's a great movie and you love watching it, but it's like really long. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed? It's like there's like four different parts of the movie. Yeah. It's like okay, he's in New York, and then oh shit, he's in Australia, and then oh shit, he's <laughs> it's just very that long. Movie movie. Is, that movie drags. So we'll get into that in the sequel, which is well, the second sequel, not the third one, because the third one is garbage. We all agree the third one is garbage, even though he has a kid. It's hey, so, okay, back to Peter... Who? Peter Feynman, whatever okay, his so name Peter is. Peter someone. The, now, the guy <laughs> who pl- paid for this movie is Robert Weissman, who we don't know where the fuck he came from, what he did. He just came, here's the money to produce the movie. I'm going to go jerk off in the bathroom now. Brady <laughs> was something like that. Okay, so, anyway, so he's the one who produced the movie, and it was written by a guy named John Hughes, you may have heard of, the late John Hughes. National Lampoon's Vacation, uh, Ferris Bueller, Weird Science, Breakfast Club, just to name a few of his uh, very popular... Um, Can't forget Uncle Buck in the infamous Home Alone series. You know what's funny? I was going to tell you, if I had to compare someone to who's in the movie we're doing now... I'd probably say Uncle Buck. Yeah, I was gonna say who would win between. Anyway, we'll talk about that. No, later. A lot of a lot of his adult protagonists are like that, or that working class stiff, mm-hmm. and, and it makes the movie interesting. And also, a lot of movies have the the big asshole in this movie. But anyway, this movie was made yeah, for. Yeah, hundred one Dalmatian stuff has a big asshole. In the movie. Oh yes, yeah. same, <laughs> same thing with plane trains and automobiles. Oh yes, 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 yes. So either way, this movie was budgeted at seventeen million dollars, and it made four million dollars. So, for those of you who can't do math, if you made something for $17 million, let's say you made a car for $17 million, and you sold the car for $4 million, you lost. <laughs> yeah. Just, a, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, this movie was a, a pretty big failure. That's not even half of what they spent on this movie. It's maybe a third? Uh, it's actually a quarter, but still, you know? I guess, like, at the end, they're just like, okay, whatever. The fine thing is, I'm a fan of this movie. A lot of people we'll, are we'll, fans of this movie. It's a cult movie. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get into that. So. This movie starring a bunch of actors. We won't talk about all of them. We'll talk about the four main characters. Now, the first one we'll talk about is, you know this guy, even if you don't know his name. Every movie he's in, he plays an asshole. Well, not all of them, but mostly he plays a, the big asshole, the douchebag. If you just need a general douche character, he's the guy you're looking for. He was in Thelma and Louise, Grease 2, Grumpy Old Men, My Teacher's Wife, The Tuskegee Airmen, House Arrest. SLC Punk, surprisingly. The Faculty, Flubber, Iron Giant. He was a voice in that. He was in Fanboys. 
Fanboys. And he still plays. Is he really? What do you do with Fanboys? I don't know. I still haven't seen the movie yet. What? You said we had to watch the movie. We haven't watched it yet. Oh my gosh. So, so Angels and Demons and Fanboys? I haven't seen Fanboys yet. I don't know how you review movies. <laughs> we'll have to take care of it. We're going to do some serious research after this, young man. <laughs> all right, okay. I know. It's awesome. But we have yeah, to get like, to I'm very it. old. But anyway. All right, so pretty much any movie with the douchey asshole, this guy's in it. And Mr. Christopher McDonald. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You just you know him. He's the asshole character that you just... You know him. And he always has that stupid... Not porn mustache, but it's like kind of... Yeah. The, the whole haircut. Like, if you watch this movie, you'll be like... Yeah, this guy just looks screams douche. So yeah, he's the type of guy that if you know he's if he's your boss, you're gonna want to freaking caramelize his engine just because he's a dick. I gotta really watch Fanboys again though, because I, I don't remember what part he's in Fanboys, but I can see it. I can see it. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. Now the next character is the female protagonist of the movie, and that is Jo Beth Williams. She's done not, not a lot of movies, but she's she was in Kramer vs. Kramer. She's in Poltergeist, The Big Chill, Jungle the Jungle, and Fever Pitch. Anyway, we'll just go name their characters now. So Christopher McDonald is like the father. Yep. Who's like estranged. So we'll say estranged father. And then Jo Beth Williams is the mother. Who's trying to get in touch with her son who wants nothing to do with her. And her son is played by Ethan Embry, a.k.a. Ethan Randall, depending on what movie he's in. Now this guy, when you see him in this movie, he's a little fucking prick. Yeah, he's a little douchebag. But later on, if you watch movies like Can't Hardly Wait, Vegas Vacation, That Thing You Do, Empire Records, he's a stoner. Yeah, in Empire Records, he's definitely like the guy who's like, yeah, but in this movie, he's like, excuse me, would you please pass the great Poupon? Like, he's a real little douchebag. And like, he also, it, well, it kind of emulates because his dad's like that, so he's taken after his dad. And he did but, one other show, a TV show called Dragnet. Well, it's actually the remake of Dragnet in 2003, and he actually worked with the main character of this movie. And that also, they're working together as the two leads. So that's kind of oh, cool. Oh, that's right. He was in Home Alone. He was the gay guy in Home Alone. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah he's Eagle Eye. What's he doing, Eagle Eye? He's an agent. He was a, he was one of the agents who was chasing after him. Oh, I remember now. Yep. And then last but not least, my favorite. I have to say, this guy, like, he does not do a lot of movies, but the movies he's been in, I've always been impressed. Mr. Ed O'Neill, a.k.a. Al Bundy. Yes, and you, he's done a lot of stuff besides... Most people know him as Al Bundy, but he started out as a soap actor. Yeah, I, I, I want to say something pretty funny. Not so many people know this, but I used to work in women's shoes. <laughs> and when I worked in women's shoes, I had on my cell phone my my store number as Al Bundy's. So whenever someone would call me, it would say Al Bundy's on my phone. It was just, anyway, but okay. That's, no, that's pretty... That's All right, sorry. So, so movies that Ed O'Neill's been in. Or, um, uh, yeah... It's just stuff in general. He was in All My Children. He was in Miami he Vice. Was that, in that soap opera? That was his first show. Wow, I'm impressed. He okay. was in the movie The Bone Collector and Lucky Numbers, Red Belt, which I heard was shitty. Bone Collector, he was, yeah, the, the big detective. That was a big part. Yeah, he, yeah. So, in case you haven't figured it out yet, all right, Ethan Randall, Joe Beth Williams, Chris McDonald, Ed O'Neill. Okay, Ed O'Neill is the... particular character. And he has a name. And his name is... Dutch. Exactly. So what are we doing? Dutch. Ah, it all comes. It all comes together, baby. It all comes together. Yes. yes. Now, for those of you who don't know about this movie, which came out in the early nineties, ninety one to be precise. So some of you still ninety one. Some of you guys are still not even a glimmer in your parents' eyes. Yeah, exactly. Maybe <laughs> glimmer in your parents' dreams. That's about it. 
20 years. 2000? Ooh. Oh. Dr. Dre's got to come with a new CD. That's when, <laughs> that's when that was the Chronic. The original Chronic came on 91, I believe. Wow. Oh, Very old. Well, anyway. Well, okay, so, ago. Uh, so so Dutch. You know, it's funny. The movie held up pretty good. No, I was movie, watching it. It didn't, didn't give me a... Tw- I mean, it gave me an old feeling, but not 20 years old. No, it, it, it holds up very well. I mean, so... What is Dutch about? It's a buddy movie about a father and son who are screwing over their mother. No. Yeah, no. Dutch is about this kid who's socially screwed up. Like, he, in the very beginning of the movie, you see a kid sitting there, and he's got, like, an air blaster cleaning his keyboard. So you can tell he's very anal, like, super anal. Anyway, someone tells him that his mother's on the phone, and the kid's just a jerk. Just a jerk off from the very beginning. And the movie's about this guy's father screwing him over. And then his mother, who really loves him, is with this new guy. And everyone knows that, like, if your parents are divorced and you have someone coming into the family with a teenage son especially, it's not just it's just not going to go well, you know? But the guy, Dutch and O'Neill, is trying to make things work with the teenage kid. Yes, and the kid is being a little bit pompous about it because he thinks, oh, I'm going to spend Thanksgiving with my dad, my real dad. And his dad said, oh, I'm going to be in London. Sorry about that, son. And the kid doesn't want to go home to yeah, his so mom. Yeah, so the kid is screwed up as it is. He, he doesn't really care about his mom. He loves his dad, even though his dad's a total douchebag because we've established that this guy plays douchebags and he's acting like a douchebag and I'm pretty sure he probably is a douchebag in real life which sucks because yeah. I hope if I never meet him he goes oh you're the guy who called me a douchebag but, oh yeah that was me it's like, it's like, <laughs> but yeah but what do you do what do you <laughs> say exactly. like, yeah you know exactly I guess I'm a douchebag for that but anyway so pretty much douchebag has told his estranged ex-wife that I give you all this money I give all this stuff you take care of the situation you deal with your son and the son is when he finds out that his dad isn't going to take care of him he's like I'm going to stay in my private school and you won't be able to mess with me yeah 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 so she's explaining to the new boyfriend who is Dutch that her son is upset because her son was supposed to spend holidays with his father who he never gets to see as it is and his father is giving up excuse that he can't spend time with them. Because really what he wants to do is he wants to bang the secretary. And I'm not sure if she's a secretary, but it's just some other chick. And I'm just guessing that because he's a dick, you know, and dicks try and take advantage of people who are less than them, yep. she's probably the secretary. Maybe it's a cleaning lady or something like that. But I doubt she's like someone of like, you know, any... So that picture this guy with the cleaning lady from Family Guy. It's like, It's me, streak. It's the same thing. Here's the, wi- here's the store brand Windex. I need the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that, yeah. I, 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 I picture that too. But so Dutch volunteers to go get this kid because they're sitting there eating dinner, and the mother's like, "I don't know what to do. He's there all by himself. I don't want to spend Thanksgiving by himself." And Dutch is like, "Okay, I'll go get him and I'll bring him here to you because that's what you want to do. You want to spend time with him." And she's like, "No, no, he will not appreciate that." And just like some people, I mean. I think all of us know some people that just want to sit there in their room and rot. They don't want to go out. They don't want to see the light of day. They don't want to do anything. They just want to sit there and in the dark and never, ever do anything productive. So Dutch pretty much has said, I'm an impartial party. I will not fuck around with this. We'll bring him here. We'll have fun. We'll bond. And when you get back, he'll be appreciative. He'll be a new man, a new 14-year-old, So the, <laughs> whatever, he whatever he is. So the minute he drives down there, gets an airline ticket down there, gets to the school, and the first thing that happens when 
Dutch sees this kid, Doyle, Dale, whatever the fuck his name is. Doyle thinks it's his father coming to get him. And he's all like, oh, dad, yay. And then turns around and sees Dutch for the first time. What does he do? He attacks this man. Like, attacks him. And I I actually feel bad. Because he starts, like, throwing things at him and hitting him with a golf club. And he actually shoots him with a BB gun. In places that you shouldn't be shot with a BB gun. So, yeah. Yes, in the the Muniaca. Which would be very painful. (laughs) In the Muniaca. Oof. (laughs) Yes. Oh. So, Dutch gets a hold of it and he kind of kidnaps the... He doesn't kidnap him because he does have parental permission. Even though, like, okay, so he may have parental permission, but I'm pretty sure if a police officer saw him, he'd be <laughs> he in jail. Kidnapping him. Yeah, because what he does is he says, okay, so you're coming with me. He goes, I'm not coming. Then the kid says, Ethan Randall. And it's funny to see Ethan Randall at this age because he's so much younger than he is in, like... I always picture of him in Empire Records where he's, like, the crazy retard that's running around, like, like doesn't know anything. But in this movie, like I said, he's, he's a total little tiny bastard. Like, you just want to beat the shit out He's of that kid that you, you know, the, the typical dad runs everything, he has all the money, the little Reaganite. Yeah, it, it, the, little, the little person who, like, sticks his nose up at everyone, like, you're never good enough for me. Like, that little bastard. That's who, that's who he plays. And actually, does a, it, that way, he does a good job. Because to, to go from that kind of a character to what he is in, like, Carl Hardly Wait or in that thing you do, it, it's... No, it's he's a very fun. versatile actor, and I will give him that. They're all Everyone in this movie does an excellent job acting. Yeah. And you see the transformation. I like that. This movie is a character study of their relationship and the kid becoming something more. Oh, wait. We forgot the most important part. I'm sorry. We did forget something. So, the first time that Ed O'Neill, Dutch, meets Christopher McDonald, the douchebag, he says something very important to him that we forgot to mention. Yes. Okay? When he meets him, he says to the wife... We'll just call him douchebag. I think just... So, so that's fine. We'll call douchebag without... So, douchebag meets mom and is going to tell him that, you know, I have plans to go to Europe when he really doesn't. You have to break it to our son that I'm not going to go. Because he's not enough of a man to tell his own son that he doesn't want to spend time with him for Thanksgiving. He's a little pussy-ass bitch. But anyway, so he tells mom this and... Dutch is next to them. He says, excuse me, this is a family conversation. You don't need to hear this. So Dutch, being a real man, excuses himself even though the guy's a douchebag and walks away. Anyway, they finish talking. She's really upset. She's like, it's not fair that I have to tell him. So they break apart and he goes to walk by Dutch. And Dutch says, okay, are you done with your conversation? I have something to tell you now. And he whispers in his ear in this big party, which is probably the best line in the whole movie, if you hurt her, I will hit you so hard your dog will bleed. <laughs> and you can hear Zed laughing because I have to say the way he says it and the expression is, he says, "I will hit you so hard your fucking dog will bleed." And you're just like, "Wow!" <laughs> like this guy means business yes. with this. Yes, oh, and it is the type of thing that you would say to this guy because this guy demeans his ex-wife completely. Say, "Oh, I'll take you all your money. I'll make sure that you your destitute have nothing." And this guy really fucked her over bad. Yeah, like you can you can only imagine the kind of person that would do that to their own flesh and blood. You know, so it's like it's just not a good look. So anyway, that's something we have to go back to. But so they go to the preparatory school to go pick the kid up, and like I said, in normal case, this is considered hostage because the kid's like well I'm not going anywhere so Dutch what does he do he takes the kid <laughs> he duct tapes his ass the whole way around and attaches him to a hockey stick and he's walking around with the hockey stick and the kid is there 
gagged <laughs> with a pair of dirty drawers. <laughs> and this has another great quote from the movie. He asked the kid who's currently being held just to the hockey. She's like, so what do you like to do? Oh, you like to wiggle around and... It's me too. Oh, yeah, me too on my off days. So he throws him in the car and he's got it really in his car. It's a nice big Cadillac and they start their trip from wherever the hell the preparatory which they school do, which is. Which is one of the things which Chicago. I had issues with. They don't really I, tell you where it is. You I just assume think, it's north. I think it, no, I think it's like Georgia or something because they have to pass through Tennessee. Remember? Yeah. So anyway, they, they, I think it's like Atlanta or Alabama, some southern country, some southern state country. So from there to <laughs> Illinois. It's exactly. Probably so. a, we'll say a seven day. Run. No, not seven. I mean, it's supposed to probably be like a two day if you don't stop and sleep. But these knuckleheads took them five days. <laughs> they, exactly. They almost waste the whole. No, I think it's three days because it's Thanksgiving dinner. So I mean, they leave on like Monday. I'm guessing they probably get there by Thursday. Yeah, uh, so four days. A week, so yeah, I'd say four days. Let's say four days they're doing this. Yeah. You know, in movie time, it's hard to tell what's going on. But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it doesn't do the day one, day two, day five. Yeah, this thing. is not an episode of 24, so. <laughs> there's no there's no counter, there's no clock. But anyway. Jack Bob wouldn't have taken shit from that kid. He would have killed that kid. <laughs> freaking waterboarded his ass. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, like, this. It's funny because the kid tells him a couple of times, he's like, you want to fight me? Let's go. And the kid wins two out of three times. The kid definitely puts it on the old man. By the way, the kid, he's a brown belt in Kung Fu or something like that. And you see him practicing and you're like, okay, maybe he's 14 years old, but like, you could probably get you a lick or two. So definitely. And the kid is, he's a complete prick from the get-go. He makes fun of the fact that Ed O'Neill is working class, and he's... Oh, well, let me just... just for, for, again, this is... We're not watching it, so we gotta explain. In the party, it's black tie affair. Everyone has a white tuxedo shirt, a black jacket, you know, very nice clothing, you know? Ed O'Neill walks in almost like Jackie Mason in, like, Caddyshack. He has... What was it? A, a, a corduroy shirt. Was it? It was. It was. A, it was a green corduroy sports jacket with a red plaid shirt with like a clip-on tie or something like that. And, and you just—he sticks out like a giant sword thumb. So you're like, wow. Okay. I'm not. Not. Yes. And from the get-go, everyone talks down to him and treats him, and he's not a poor guy. He owns his own business. Yeah, he, he owns a couple businesses, actually. He owns a, a thing called Dooley Construction Agency, which is, like, supposedly, you know, gets a lot of government jobs and whatnot. So, again, he, he, he's doing well for himself. It's just that he doesn't have to aspire or look to look like the part of what people expect. He doesn't give a shit. He's, exactly. he's working class. He ascended. Exactly. exactly. He, he's the kind of person that, that he started in a minimal position and worked his way up to management. So in his mind... He's still a blue shirt, essentially. It, 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 it's funny because I always said that to myself, too. If I ever became, like, really, really rich, or I had, like, over a million dollars in the bank account, and I didn't have to necessarily, like, work every day, like a nine-to-five job, I would probably walk around in flip-flops and, like, you know, just comfortable clothes, sweatpants and a T-shirt. Yeah. And it was funny... Because I said that, and the other day I saw Adam Sandler, who is like one of my like people I aspire to be, believe it or not, because he makes now $20 million a movie or whatever. I saw Adam Sandler on David Letterman, and what did he have? He had on flip-flops, <laughs> sweatpants, and a t-shirt. And I was like, that guy is a man. Why? Because he makes millions of dollars, and he doesn't have to dress in a shirt and tie anymore. See, when you dress in a shirt and tie, that's a, in my opinion, that's a monkey suit. So that's kind of what Ed O'Neill is doing in this movie. He's dressed in a way that he feels comfortable because he's going to make his money no matter what. 
So, yeah. Yeah, no, and that's a very good point. Even though Adam Sandler, his quality has gone down, he's still... I'd still say, believe it or not, he, he, he makes money in other ways now, I think, as opposed to acting. So Yes, true, true, true. I'll give you that. Now, the other thing we have to bring up is the fact that no, even though Ethan Embry's character, Doyle, is a little prick, he does have moments where it shows that he actually isn't completely, I hate the world, I don't hate my mother. Because when he first finds out, there's a picture of his mom and him when he was a child, and he goes to cut it, and he can't do it. And there's other little things where he still loves her, but... Yeah, you see that in the same sense, it's kind of like the good and evil, you know, when there's like the little angel on one side and the little devil on the other side, <laughs> like, do it, do it, and then, no, no, no. It, it's kind of the same thing. You could tell the, the, I guess, inspiration that he gets from his mother's side, how she's loving and she's caring, and, he, and there are certain times where you see that, and then you see the douchebag side that he gets from his dad. And they do say you get, you know, something like 30% of your individual character from your parents so you see the part from his dad you see the part from his mom and you're trying to it's like i said they're fighting they're trying to go back and forth so when he first deals with that o'neill he has a chance they stop off at a gas station where there's these and this huge sign fireworks (laughs) and when he stops off ed o'neill's trying to bond with the kids still like he, he, he untapes him out the duct tape he sits him next to him and they have to get gas anyway so he stops off to get gas but when they're stopping off to get gas there's a giant sign that says fireworks. And he's thinking, you know, what 14, 15-year-old boy doesn't like to blow shit up? <laughs> so True. he's like, well, you know, part of the bonding thing, we'll get fireworks and blow shit up. And he comes back, he tells him, you know, so so I got fireworks, I got M80s, I got, what does he say, like jackrabbits? Like, jackrabbits, he doesn't know what the hell one thing is. <laughs> I don't know what the hell this is. Yeah, I don't know what the hell this shit is, but whatever. And then he also has racy cards. Yes, racy playing cards. And he starts showing it to him. He's kind of showing him a little bit of the ace. And again, being an adolescent boy and seeing a naked woman, there's nothing like that in your whole life. <laughs> and, and you see, he's like, he starts perking up, but then Ed O'Neill stops it short. Just a little tease. Just a little tease. But yeah, so he's like, so look what I got. I got all this stuff. Those are illegal in Chicago. He's like, yeah, but they're not legal here in Tennessee. That's what gave me the idea that they're coming from somewhere south yeah. up to Chicago. Yeah. Anyway, so he's like, he's like, we'll just go a piece down the road to like some farm or something, or we're down, down, and then we'll down, blow shit up, <laughs> and then we'll just blow shit up, and that's exactly what they do. Except uh, as they're going along, because you see that the kid starts getting interested, and he's trying to be like, I'm not interested in this. I'm like, ooh, colors. Wait, no, 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 yeah, no. exactly. Not, not he's in- trying to play like he doesn't give a shit. But as Ed O'Neill starts lighting this stuff up, he starts looking more and more out the window of the car to see what's going on. And then what happens is that with any fireworks, you should remember, keep the bag of fireworks the fuck away from other fireworks, because it could light it on fire. Yeah. And so one of the fireworks goes off and ends up inside the bag with the rest of the fireworks. So this guy bought, like, I'm talking a grocery store brown paper bag filled with explosive fireworks, you know? And he's like, he's pulling one out at a time, one out at a time, and one goes in there lit with the other ones. <laughs> and you see this look of shock, like, heart, like, uh-oh, this is not going to be good. And he takes his double-down goose jacket and he throws it over the bag. And then, the 4th of July, baby. Wow. It blows up everything. And just, you see the jacket at the end of this huge display, which we can't even describe. His jacket is completely ruined. It's smoking. What does he do? Now, smart thing would be, I would throw that thing the fuck I away. I not touched it because there's probably still hot embers or hot pieces of something in the jacket. No. Dutch, 
decides, no, that's my jacket, my other jacket, I'm going to take it. So it's got a huge hole in it. When I say huge hole, it's like the, <laughs> it's like if he was to take the jacket and put it on where the hole is, he could wear the jacket like that. It's like the size of a his, basketball. Yeah, the size of a basketball. So like he, he puts his arms, on, he puts a jacket on, and on the back he's got this huge hole, and because it was a goose double down jacket, it's got feathers and goose and like fluff all popping out. He sits in the car and they're covered in this stuff. So anyway, like they, they, they start going down the road and they start arguing again. So Dutch does something which most parents say is a horrible thing to do. They're talking about who can take who and blah blah blah. I'll bet you five thousand dollars. And Dutch is like, Yeah, you probably got it somewhere hidden under your like piggy bank somewhere. No. He goes, How about this? He goes, I'll bet you twenty bucks I could take you. And the kid's like, Oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, they're fighting over stupid stuff, the, the radio, the window, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so Dutch wants the window down, and the kid wants it up. They keep going back and forth, back and forth, because the center controls are in the middle between the console. So, this is a little different than your current car, by the way. This is, I said it's a Cadillac. Yeah. So anyway, he takes a cigar, which Dutch lights, because the kid wants the window up all the time. He's like, okay, so don't smoke a cigar. And the lit cigar he throws in Dutch's crotch, in a moving car. Well, they're going like 70 miles an hour at least. Yeah, exactly, because they're trying to get back to Chicago. So anyway, he's trying to grab the cigar without burning himself, without crashing the car. And then he pulls him out the car because the kid started his crotch on fire. So he pulls him out the car. The kid gets out the car and starts throwing stuff at Dutch. And Dutch says to Doyle that if you throw another thing at me, I'm going to leave your ass here. And he says, okay, good riddance, peace out, whatever. So Dutch <laughs> says, to, the hotel's 50 miles that way, good luck, peace. And <laughs> just get to the car and leaves. Now, I was talking to Zan, and I don't think that the hotel was actually 50 miles. I think it was closer to 6. But still, if you walk 6 miles in wet snow and cold weather, you're not going to be happy. Especially being a 14, 15-year-old kid. So, I don't think he was too happy. No, so after a long period, and Dutch was worried. He kept looking for him and chasing him. He kept sticking his head out the hotel window, seeing if the kid was coming, wondering and stuff like that. But so, the same thing, he didn't, he didn't get in the car and go get him either. <laughs> he waited in the hotel room, smoking a cigar, doing so the damn thing. The kid eventually shows up and says, What are you doing? I could have died. He's like, Nah, you wouldn't have died. You wouldn't have froze to death. He's like, Yeah, I'm not your friend. I'm not your pappy. I'm not your boy. He goes, I'm a grown man. I don't take no shit from little piss ants. That's exactly what he says. And then they get into it again. <laughs> Another argument. And this time the kid says, fine, I, didn't get my, I want to get my stuff. Give me the car keys. And Dutch should have known better. Yeah, he should have. But anyway, he throws the kid the car keys. And think about it. A volatile 14-year-old who doesn't think and who just walks six miles of snow. What does he do? He tries to hijack the car. Starts his big-ass Cadillac, puts it in reverse, almost crashes once, puts it forward, almost crashes again. And Dutch has been in a hotel in his boxers and wife beater, and he's trying to get his clothes on with the pants there, theory. Anyway, he finally gets his shoes on, finally gets his jacket on, and he sees his car parked in the middle of the road, and an 18-wheeler comes by and smashes into the car. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, the kid got killed, the 18-wheeler's T-boned this Cadillac, it's like the Cadillac's in pieces, and then the Cadillac goes over a bridge, down like down like a gully or whatever, and then, like, 
he's screaming, oh, don't, oh, my God, because he's actually being, like, he's not, like, oh, my God, my car. He's, no, his concern is for... He's concerned about the kid, A, because, like, you know, he was supposed to take care of this kid for the guy's mom who he wants to marry, and on top of it, because the kid's a little kid, you know? At the end of the day, like, 14 years old, you're still a child. The, the truck driver comes out, flashing the light and everything, so they go down the gully. They're walking up, trying to see what happened, and the kid is staying there with a smug look on his face, and he says to him, I guess that makes us even. And at first, Dutch had this look like, oh my god, you're okay, you're okay, and like happy. And then when the kid says that, I honestly think in my head, like, wow, that's something like Satan would say after, like, <laughs> because I mean, think about it, that's some like really big, huge scumbag shit. Like, he parked his car in the middle of the road on purpose, had this other guy T-bone it, the other guy could have died, you know, and like, all he says is like, I guess that makes us even because he destroyed this guy's car. And you're just like, wow. And, like, anyway, the cops come and, like, the guy of the truck is, like, you know, his truck is destroyed. And because, again, because Dutch is, like, you know, a, a pretty well-to-do guy himself, he takes care of the cops. He says to the truck driver, thanks for going along with my story. Here's damage for your truck plus something for you. You know, he gives him a little bit of, like, hush-up money. And he gets inside the hotel and he lets Doyle have it. Yeah, he tells him pretty much, like, what the hell's wrong with you? That's a scumbag thing to do. What's crazy is that he says to him exactly this. He says that truck driver had a wife and a family that he was driving home to, and he could have died because of the stunt that you had. And the kid, actually, you see the part of his mom, actually says, like, you know, well, I'm sorry, I wasn't really thinking that far ahead. But still, he's still trying... I don't even know how to say it. He's not still just, trying, he's to not like, trying to justify. He's just trying to be like he's, he's still stuck. His head is still stuck up his ass. Yeah, he's still being a douchebag. Like this is like I guess part of where he starts transforming because I, we'll skip forward a little bit. Ed O'Neill successfully succeeds. By the end of the movie, the kid is not a douchebag anymore. He's actually like a kind of level-headed person. But they go through a lot of shit through the movie to get there. But like this is where he starts seeing like I was in the wrong here. But he's still. Trying, Zan said, trying to justify what he did, but it's just there's no way to do it. He just like was being a fucking piece of shit. So, so from this point on, now you have it. They have no car. Exactly, they have no car. They're in freaking wherever they are, Tennessee or wherever, wherever. and they're trying to still get to Chicago. Now, Dutch tells the kid that they're broke and that they have no means, but he really has money because he has his wallet and everything. So they're trying to get from there to Chicago. So from this point, they hitch a ride with a pair of, well, let's be honest, they were hookers. Yes. <laughs> but, they, but they actually said they wanted, they toned it down just because they said, you know, we don't want to say process from the kid. Cause they well, have a little... well, what happens is this, is that, like, they, they, <laughs> they try to figure out how to get there, and they're, they're thinking maybe by bus, maybe by this, maybe by that. So they're sitting there looking like, you know, pathetic. retarded, <laughs> pathetic, and these two girls approach them, and they, they're, again, working girls. So, yeah, they say that they're they're prostitutes, and the kid's eyes light up. He's like, oh, wow, because the girls are, are decent looking. Oh, you know? we forgot one thing before that. Um, they did take a bus for a short period of time, and because Doyle was a little prick, he gets another hard knock learning lesson, and he loses his shoes. These guys are blasting music. And he says, would you please lower your music down, like in a really derogatory form of way, you know? And the, the guy goes to him. I like your shoes. <laughs> Next scene, you see the kid there, like, trying to hide his shoes, and he's walking out with these old loafers, right? These, like, brand-new Jordans. So it was pretty funny. But yeah. but, yeah, but so he's he's already had a couple of knockdowns. and So long story short, they go with these girls, and these girls end up rolling them. Yeah. They 
take their stuff. Yeah, it's pretty funny because there, there's one scene where Dutch is supposedly sleeping, and the kid is in the back with the the younger of the two working girls, and uh, he's just staring at her boobs like the whole time she's talking. But she's saying things like, "Where are you guys going?" And he's saying, "That's not really my dad." And she's saying, "Well, he seems like a nice guy." And like it starts, it's showing like an outside perspective. And I think that's when it starts clicking in the the kid's mind too that Dutch is not a complete scumbag. Yeah, you know. But anyway, like it's one of the funnier parts in the movie because the girl in front, while Dutch is sleeping, is trying to lift his wallet, which he successfully does. But then she sees his big ass gold pinky ring, <laughs> which we didn't mention before. Exactly, which we didn't mention before, and. She's trying to steal the pink earring, so she takes out a bottle of Noxzema from her purse. She's actually pretty talented because she's got one knee holding the steering wheel, one hand holding this Noxzema, another hand holding Dutch with his pink earring up, and is trying to take it off all while driving a car 70 miles an hour down the highway. So you can tell, like, it, it, these girls have some experience. Unfortunately, she is <laughs> unsuccessful because that ring is freaking. It, it's a pause. He's like, he's like, like but, but, but the funny part of the scene is that she's trying to spray the, the lotion, trying to spray the lotion. Finally, she, she, she squeezes it all out and goes right into his mouth. <laughs> like this big, huge chunk of, like, lotion goes in this guy's mouth and you have a, like, choking on it. It's, just, it's, it's, it's very funny. It's one of those things you got to see it. Yep. But, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so... So, yeah, another thing about the pinky ring is that when the kid was talking about how he can fight and he can kick Dutch's ass, um, Dutch says... See this pinky ring right here? There's a guy who is walking around with an indent in his forehead. Looks just like my pinky ring. And when he smiles, he dribbles a little bit. He goes, so when you want to fight me, just prepare yourself. So, yeah, just remember what he said to the father about, if you hurt her, I will hit you so hard your dog will cry. Because that comes later. Yeah. So, they've left. They abandoned them in the thing. And Dutch is like, fuck it. This isn't worth it. You call your mom, I don't care. And he says, you know, it doesn't matter. And the kid realizes that, you know, Dutch Dutch gave up on him. And he and Dutch makes a comment to Doyle that, uh, you, you hate your mom, don't you? And Doyle's like, wait, wait, no, 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 that's not true. I don't hate my mom. And my mom thinks that she, I hate her? Like Zan said, they were hitchhiking. And then, like, Dutch was getting them to hitchhike so they could still bond. But after... They've lost their car after Dutch has lost his wallet. After they're sitting there in a gas station with no anything, he just gives up. He's tired of the kid's shit because the kid is still fighting with him. Like, oh, I would have never lost your wallet if you weren't staring at this hooker's boobs and they're going back and forth. So the whole time they're, they're, they've been going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, he's like, that's it. You go your way, I'll go my way, that's it. And the kid's like, no, but don't you love my mom? So Dutch then say, no, it's over, just do you. So he goes to call his dad to see if his dad can get him a ticket to his mother because he doesn't want to call his mother and Dutch doesn't want to call the mother. When he calls his dad in New York, not in Europe, someone answers the phone and it's a girl. And when the girl answers the phone, he asks for his dad and she says, oh, he's sleeping now. So that's when it dawns on him like, ding, light bulb right here, yeah, 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 that the dad just didn't want to spend time with him, and that he never went to Europe, that he's been in New York, or wherever his dad lives the whole time. Thing is that, like, afterward, when they're sitting there, like, naked in bed, all cuddly cuddly, and he asked her, well, who was that? And she was like, oh, it's just some kid. And it dawns on him that, oh, shit, 
he knows. And that like, was my son who called, and now he realizes that I'm a douchebag. <laughs> so he's gonna go and try and beat the son there, so he can kind of still be in his son's graces because he still thinks his son idolizes. Because him. his son realizes he's a douchebag. Yep. Yep. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> so yeah. So then he comes back to Dutch. And kind of begs Dutch's forgiveness. Like, come on, we can do it. I love my mom. I want to get a second chance. Let's figure it out. Like, you know, like, hoo hoorah. Let's, let's, let's hug it out, bitches. Kind of like Entourage. Let's hug it out. Mm. Oh, exactly. Wait, isn't he an Entourage? Is he? Which one? The kid or the other guy? The kid. Nah, I don't think so. I thought he was the manager. No, that's someone else named Eric. Yeah, that's definitely not. That's definitely not. Uh, okay. Definitely not really so, either way. So, they end up going... Short Irish. I don't understand how you can make a mistake like that, but no, it's not yeah. So, they go off. So, they're hitching rides. And anyway, one of the rides they get to takes them to, like, a truck stop. Yeah. But it's supposed to be, like, secure area. And the guards find them. The guards, like, kind of beat them up, the kid and the, the, the old man, and kick them out. You know, because they're douchebag guards. <laughs> yes, and... So what happens? They go to a nice restaurant, and they look. They don't look that bad. I mean, they're just—it's like a diner, and the person, the waitress, is treating them like shit. Like they're beneath. Yeah, exactly. They're they're, they're covered in crap. They haven't showered in like two or three and, days. And he's they go bleeding. Into this diner. The kid is bleeding. The old man's all messed up too because they just got a fight, and they asked to just use the bathroom. Now, I can see both sides of it. It's kind of like you don't want bums and scumbags in your bathroom all the mm-hmm. time. But in the same sense, it's like. If someone's polite and doing it, you gotta think that like there's gonna be one time or in your life where you need help and you want to help someone. So it's kind of and anyway, the people eating in the the diner or whatever, they are nice enough to say, okay, come in the car with us. We used to be in a similar situation that you will take you somewhere. So they take them to like a, a homeless shelter. So they're. And then they go home after that, right? Yeah, they go home. The homeless shelter, there's another scene of where you see that Ethan Embry Doyle is actually, he's he's growing up a little bit. He's actually being nice to a kid who... Yeah, there's there's a whole family there that you can see that, that he doesn't fit there because when they when he's eating dinner, he's putting his, his salad fork and his spoon and his, he's taking like his own utensils out of his out of his pocket and washing them and cleaning them. And the little girl, maybe seven years old, goes to steal a piece of bread that he breaks. And he slams his hand on her hand. And he says, that's mine. And the little girl kind of, like, cowers away and looks at him. And after a second of him, like, eating his meal, he gives the little girl the piece of bread that she wanted. And a big smile comes on her face. And you kind of see, again, that Dutch is kind of having an influence. And his mother's influence is becoming better. So... Again, it's a heartfelt movie, man. It's good stuff, It is. Man. So as you can guess, he does. They do get home. Douchebag gets what's coming to him because he ends up... Because Doyle decides, I'm going to stay with my mother. He tells him, yeah, you're going to get out of this house and by f- Tuesday. And Dutch has a nice, polite conversation with him, and that's the end of the movie. No, they can't say it like that. No, no, no. What happens is that he asks... Dutch walks out after this huge blowout, and he says, just, just wait a second, I'll, I'll be right back. He says, uh... Just question for you. Uh, when did you want her out? By Monday. I, I can't hear you. And he, as he's saying that, he gets closer. He grabs. He gets the pinky ring ready. He gets it ready. <laughs> yep. Says, the guy says Monday. You see me grabs the tie, pulls him forward, and cracks him in the head 
right there. Now, one thing I was thinking of you is hear, that... You hear a little pop when he cracks now, And then when you see the camera, he's got the uh, indentation of the ring on his forehead. And it's almost like a scene from a cartoon where you see the Tweety Birds. Like, yep. like, doo, 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 like now, that. one thing is that I was thinking of is now, in the older, in like movies like um, From Hell and other movies, they showed old-fashioned ways of how they would deal with the mentally handicapped, and that was they would ram into their heads. They'd use like a spike to ram it into your head to kind of trepanate the person. And I think that's what caused it because this causes him for the rest of the movie he's kind of brain damaged. He's like, ha. Yeah, he he looks very very retarded. Now the only thing that would have been better is if it showed a picture of his dog in his house with like a little like that and it started like bleeding out of his ears something like that. Yeah. That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. That would have been the best part. That's still pretty funny. So, movie overall is well, it's a John Hughes movie. So that's the end of the movie. The movie is a John Hughes movie. It has a, a feel good feel to it. And like I said. In all honesty, I don't really know why it bombed so bad. Maybe it was like lack of like advertising back then. Yeah, I don't know. There was a lot of advertising for. Okay, so so this is what I wanted to get back. Going back, 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 back to everyone. Who do you think would win in a fight? Uncle Buck, John Candy, or Ed O'Neill Dutch? Hmm. Now, because the thing is this: that like John Candy is a bigger man. He's got the size advantage. On the Dutchman. I honestly think... But, the Dutchman's got the ring. I think but after, the John Candy has a drill. <laughs> honestly, but judging by their personalities, I would say that after probably two swings, they'd probably give up and go get a beer. Go get a beer. <laughs> honestly, I think that... that, that. It, it, it's funny, because actually, the same same producer, same director. Same producer, same director. Same producer and same director. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because they do have a very similar type feel. But like, it's a John Hughes movie. Movies. It's exactly. how he does it, so... Yeah. yeah. And if you put it this way, all right. If you liked Uncle Buck, you will love Dutch. If mm. you hated Uncle Buck, you'll probably hate Dutch. That's that's yeah, why. Yeah. That's that. I'd say that's yeah. Why. It's it's a movie. It's, it's like it's just a movie about getting your shit together almost. Exactly because it's like it's like how to become from a douchebag into a non douchebag. There you go. I know. Exactly. I know. I, I get the Zander Saint eventually. Now, exactly. film. Now the movie does. Age, with the exception of the, if you if you look for little minute details, the movie age like hookers, <laughs> not the hookers. Because hookers oh. still look like that. Racy cards, still look like that. Fireworks, they still look like that. Yeah, yeah. The Cadillac does not look like that. Yeah, the Cadillac, the fact that you have people smoking in in the restaurant. Oh, we totally forgot to talk about that. There's this restaurant scene where they're in a diner, and it's the scummiest diner ever. The guy's like eating chicken bones. <laughs> chicken here's, wings. A, here's the deal. He's eating bones. But you have to admit, those places, the places that are like that, probably have the best food. Oh, they're greasy, know. they're nasty, but they have the best food for some reason. Like I, that, I, 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 I can't sign off on that. I don't know. Not the best. They have. Sometimes good food places like that. A dive is is like eight out of ten times better than a right, really. Put it this way, our friend Roadkill, he may think so. Me, I may not think so. Oh, by the way, just 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 a side note, we have this friend of ours named Roadkill. I'm this is Zan. I'm Dirty Z. Roadkill. Guess how this guy got his name Roadkill? What does he do? He finds dead things on the side of the road, and he takes it out home. That's <laughs> and disgusting. He, and that, we're, we're not joking here. This is like there's some stuff that's that's a joke. This is serious. He finds roadkill, and it's almost like he went to A and P or <laughs> Shoprite. He goes home and he cooks it, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I got skunk stew tonight!" Like yeah, it's, it's. But that's that's that's. Now, the funny thing is, is, is that it's not like this is not we. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't consider us to be hillbillies, <laughs> or this individual for that matter. He's actually a very nice gentleman, but yeah, roadkill. And it's funny because people in public do not refer to him as his real name. They refer to him as... What's Road, it? Roadkill. Roadkill. Say <laughs> that's uh, trouble admitting it because it, it, it's, it's very funny. It is. It but, is. It's yeah. pretty fucked up. <laughs> again, either Squirrel w- dinner, Eric! <laughs> either way. Now, the, do you think that he aims for the animals? <laughs> or do you think Because he, he... I don't know. Because he likes animals. He's an animal lover. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't want to... Th- I don't want to think about it. I just, Maybe it's like a new form of veganism. <laughs> Because he's like, but you would be comfortable. you. Do you know it was meant to be? <laughs> Still, it's just you know all the bones and all the other shit. It's, it, it's like plus I, I, think about all the stuff that's on your tire. <laughs> oh. no, oh I'm more worried about the stuff that's on the ground. <laughs> well, the stuff that. Yeah, but think your tire touches all that stuff and it accumulates on your tire. Yeah, but and also how long has it been there? You don't know what type of carons freaking pecking at that shit, all the vultures. Oh, yeah, vulture meat. Ooh, these little grubs over there. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know how do you prepare. It's funny he doesn't get sick either, I don't think, right? <laughs> I have to talk to him about that. No, it's that. Like, I, I, like th- I think, it's, I think it's that, it's that, it's that, uh, what is it, like the car- like the old-fashioned, like the, the, the poison eaters, where they eat poison, they slowly get stronger and stronger over time, maybe that's it? Yeah, I, I don't know. The poison eater, he has an immune system like an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, <laughs> we gotta get back on that. No, so, no, I want to keep talking about this. This is pretty funny. Because we can talk about this for four hours, you know that. And we yeah. gotta have a little bit of time constraint, unfortunately. Oh, Zane cut me off. I, I was trying. I got, I got the, the, the shut my microphone. No, 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 no. We will continue this conversation on another podcast because we have to give them more to, to think about. Wait, how did we start talking about roadkill? No, we were talking about the cigarette, the cigarette diner. Oh, so yes. either long or short, besides the, the nasty. Besides, like the food is it's it's nasty, but like I said, I just said I mean what I meant was dives. A lot of dives are better than a, a five. Well, oh, that I'll There's a place, and uh, I think it's in Rochester, where they call their food garbage plates. That's actually the name of it. And I've had one. I was very. I, it's not. Yeah, was it's like because you go to like a five star restaurant, they're gonna charge you. Seven hundred dollars for a piece of meat, uh, which is about know. the size of this mouse. Not seven hundred, seventy dollars for a, a piece of meat about the size of this mouse. Meanwhile, you go to a <laughs> diner and you will get a piece of meat, maybe the size of the Marvel book. You got me. Exactly, like, like decent, you know, like the '96er. <laughs> Not the '96er. That thing, I think, was so uh, oh. imaginative thing that John Hughes created. I wonder if he, like, what would be nice is that if you could be like, okay. Like, just turn your back around and the whole family will eat it and it'll be gone. No, that's like the, the Dagwood challenge. You heard about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, that would be good, though, because think about it. You could order the 96 here, right? And share with and your family. the whole family, yeah. You could do that. That's what a lot of people do. Like, the Dagwood you think you about do it, even among five people, 96 divided by five is how much? 96 divided no, let's change to 95. It's like 20. 20-ounce steak is still pretty good. No, it's 19-ounce steak each. Yeah, that's pretty gangster. That's, that's really gangster, and you will, but you will be sick the next day. You'll be like, roadkill. I don't keep going back to anyway. Remember, right. drinking game. So, we'll add roadkill to the drinking game. Besides that, before I forget, last things. Music was eighties tastic. Eighties tastic. Nothing really. No, wow. There's like two songs that they use for the entire movie. You're gonna dance, everyone. Oh, you're gonna dance for me. Oh, they didn't say that. Very true. And the last thing was that they had this just very. 
it, the music wasn't bad. The, the scenery wasn't bad. There's a lot of little touches they put in. and There's actually a lot of times in this movie where they're not even talking. They're just, like, showing you scenes. And just, like, that's... And it's the body language conveys it. And that's... I mean, if you think about it, 91, for a movie to have $17 million into it, that's, like, a pretty decent budget. Wouldn't you say? For 91? Yeah, yeah I mean, it sucked that it only made $4 million. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it from also 91 standpoint, it wasn't a complete flop. I'd say it was a... a like, no, I mean, that's... There's no way to... If you didn't make as much money as you spent, then you lost. No, you that's, lost, but it wasn't so a horrible... that way, that's, like, mega, mega, No, mega it, No, it wasn't like with Shock Treatment, which came out in this in the, in the what was that, was 87? And Shock Treatment made $2,000. It was made for the $2 million. The only thing that may be as big a loss as that is Waterworld. <laughs> Put it that way. I agree there. Alright, that was pretty big. And that movie we have to, we'll get into with in our Apocalypse Month, which oh, is coming God. eventually. That one, you, you know how that feel about that already. Okay. We all hate that movie. It's, it's, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so now... Oh, but we're going to tell you our rating. Don't worry about that. <laughs> not yet. We, we, no, because we might watch the horrible director's cut, and that might actually bring our points up. Or down. Is it possible? I don't know. So, for those who don't know, we have a five-point rating system. Now, unlike with yes. other podcasts where they say, oh, we're going to give you a one, a two, or five stars. We're give you two thumbs up, man. No. We use phrases. Now, each one has a different significance. Now, if this movie is atrocious and horrible, we're going to give it a protest outside your local red box. Could you imagine that? Someone was like, you're not allowed to rent movies from this red box because this movie sucks so fucking bad. <laughs> Or, like, they watched you and just made sure you weren't allowed to rent that movie. You can't rent it. Why not? I can see you it. You can't rent it. No, you can't. In our age, when people protest over everything, you can't buy that. Yeah, it was made by... Could you, could you imagine someone actually sat there, like, if you rented... <laughs> like, kind of like the strike commercial, where, like, if you tell the secret ingredient, a ramp comes and hits you. <laughs> no, I can just picture an old man sitting there in a rocking chair with a shotgun. Are you going to rent that, boy? I'll blow your brains out. <laughs> I'm watching your fingers there, son. <laughs> but yes, that movie, that means the movie is atrocious and horrible. And you like try to hit it sneakily and let the see <laughs> take it out. He's like, <laughs> so you pump out the freaking round and you're like, hey, okay, so, me. so I'm sorry. So it's uh, so the next one is no protest outside your local red box. Local so red no box. one represents this, rents this represents. That's like negative shit. five. Yep. Okay. Yep. So next right. one is our. There's like one redeeming factor, and that is. Worth having in the background while you surf the internet for porn. Yes. So it's like, you kind of hear some of what they're saying, but it's mixed among the like, oh, oh, oh and moans. So yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's uh, like, and if, you, if you're not into the porn thing, then you're surfing the internet for eBay, or you're looking on just, just you're doing something else, and you just have it in the background while you're doing exactly. something. Exactly. It's like you're washing your dishes, and it's on, and you're just too lazy to pick up and change the channel. Yep. Something like that. Next one is our middle of the ground. Some good things, some bad things, and that is... It's worth watching in theaters or on DVD or on cable slash satellite once. Yes. It's just middle of the ground. Next one is our... There's, like, one thing that'll fuck up the movie. It's really good but not super good, and that is Borrow From a Friend and Don't Return Unless Offered. Well, for this movie, I'll say Unless Offered, a bus ticket. A bus ticket? Or a train oh, ticket. Because we're doing a... Yeah, hitchhiking, yeah. Uh, okay. A hitch, all right, a limo ticket. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then last, last but not least <laughs> is our highest rating, which is really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't watch this movie now, your brain will freeze, your eyes will swell up, and your soul will be forfeit to the fourth layer of hell, where where Dooley. Dutch Dooley will hit you in the forehead repetitively with his pinky ring. I'll tell you, that would not be fun. <laughs> that would, but that that's would what happens if you don't watch the movie. All right. 
how many movies have we given that ranking to? Because really? I want to make sure I watch them all. <laughs> well, we've had that one. We had the Hidebu one, which is if you don't watch us now, your head will be blown up by Kenshiro from Fist of the North Star. Oh, my little Shinderu. That's kind of scary they know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did the Fist of the North Star, though, right? Zan is, uh... It's Fist of the fucking North Star, Zan, man. Zan's researching. He's gonna come and hit you with the Fist of the North Star. Oh, I'll do the 100 Crack Fist. Because this test freaking awesome. Imagine that. You got some assholes giving you props, then you see the seven scars on your chest. You can... Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's the thing that Kung Fu Panda does? Skadoosh. I'm learning how to do that. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we have to do... Well, that's for the Kung Fu Month. We got Kung Fu Month. Oh, the Wushu Finger Hold! Oh, no, the Wushu Finger Hold! <laughs> you don't know the Wushu Finger Hold? Oh yeah, I figured it out. Skadoosh. <laughs> Alright, so, so let's go with you first. What's your ranking? Well, I'm gonna have to give this a bomb from a friend. It's really a worth movie, even though it was a bomb. It's a it's worth watching. It's fun, it's inventive. There's some really good moments in it, and it is heartwarming and it's family friendly. So you can't don't have to censor it. I mean, if you're into the whole I wanna watch a movie where will my spirits, for example, any really dark and Daryl Surratt approved movie, this is not for you. Not for the crank fans, or for the gamer fans, or for the Arnold fans, but it's a good movie overall. <laughs> Alright, so Zane gives it a uh, borrow from a friend and don't return it unless you get a... Uh, limo ticket. Limo ticket, okay. The funny thing is that I'm the friend who let him borrow it, so I guess I'm stuck unless I bring him a limo ticket. But for me, <laughs> I'm going to give the movie... Uh, it's cool if it's on TV. You sit down and watch it because the other day I think it did come on TV. So worth watching down, once. Worth I, I give it like worth watching more than once. Worth watching on TV. Worth watching on TV in theaters. I'd say that because I mean my thing is that again I actually went out and bought the movie on DVD. Again it was in my uh, little bit cheaper section where I bought it. But again I, I went out. And I, I yeah, it's worth. It's worth. Have you seen under ten dollars? It's worth buying. Yeah, that's hundred percent. You get my my vote of confidence. I'll sign off on that. If, it, if it's in your under ten. $10 box and it's your collection if you were to watch it one day you would not be willing to commit suicide afterward put that way also if you're an Ed O'Neill fan and there are references in Married with yes, Children to this movie too to touch yeah there's really? a scene when they go into a movie theater they go into a movie theater and you see the poster for Dutch and you see his face is covered it says Ed O'Neill he's like that movie looks really stupid if you ever were an Albany fan then I definitely say you're probably with Zan and borrow it from a friend and never give it back unless you give you a ticket for a little more. And if you're, even if you're and not, I'm an, and I'm an Al Bundy fan, but in the same sense, I'm not gonna sign off in that far about it because again, I had it. Zan's taking it. It's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's all I can really say about this movie, which is so well. It's a movie. Now it's that part we've all been waiting for. We should first give out the links, so it's been a little bit of time. Remember, you can check us out at You can email us spirekin at gmail.com, zan at spirekin.com, zorro.spirekin at gmail.com. Call AKA Dirty Z. Yes. And remember, you can. Movie Review? Uh, yes, Sparkin Movie Review Group on Facebook. You can check it out. Facebook me. Yes, we're on Facebook. And if you can Unless fig- you're a douchebag. And if you can figure out identities, <laughs> well, actually, most people can figure out mine. It's not that hard. Other people's a little more hard. Yes, yes, Still yes. bets on trying to figure out who the hell Deke is. Like, who's Deke? Deke! All I gotta do is look for his Earthbound Obsession. Burr, burr, burr. Oh, Earthbound Obsession. Edge yeah, he he sold. He recently sold his Earthbound, the full Earthbound, with the, with the book. And he actually sold it for $200 at a garage sale. And he actually was wondering, should I take it back? It's like, what are you gonna kick his to kick for that game? I mean, it's a great game. It's one of the best games ever. But still, it's like when you need money, 
You need money. All right. So, so let's get into that part all the way forward. What are we talking about? We're talking about that one. That only. The Dodecahedron of Movies. Yes, the Dodecahedron of Movies. Now, what is the Dodecahedron? The Dodecahedron is a 12-sided object, which we've assigned nine movies to. And we're going to roll it yeah. and see what number it lands on. Now, some of you are like, wait, wait, third? What happens if it explores away the nine, nine numbers? Well, one is co-host choice, one is host choice, and one is roll again. We're going to see what happens when we roll the Dodeca. And we'll see, because we got some interesting movies this time. So, without further ado, you roll. I roll? I get to roll? Yes, Master, thank you, thank you. What'd I get? Number three. Oh, and we really did roll it. We're not bullshitting you. Yes. So, we've rolled number three, and it's a movie from 1981, and actually the sequel is coming out with Jeff Bridges. Give me a clue. Give me a hint. A sci-fi movie from the 80s that Disney made, and it was a horrible bomb, and you said it was a boring movie back in the day. So this may be one of my ratings, but okay, so what is it? Tron. Tron. Uh, I'm a fan now. I mean, it's like, again, I'll wait till our ratings come out, but we'll see. It's Tron. It's it's an old movie from then, from what I remember. It was pretty cool. The only thing I do know about the movie is that the reason why Jeff Bridges in the movie when he was wearing that freaking, everyone's wearing just the skin-tight outfits, and he was wearing the the robe, is because his junk was too big for the outfits. (laughs) Really? Seriously. That's why I had to wear, like, everyone's wearing, you know, normal... Things he's wearing a robe. It's because his junk was too big. <laughs> so he's in that James Woods character. <laughs> he's, probably, he's probably the dude in that movie. Still, if I think about it, like, man, my rug—it's all digital, man. They took the rug. They took my digital rug. It, it, it held, I, no, held the room together. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Google that. <laughs> was Jeff Bridges' junk too big for Tron? <laughs> Most likely... That's pretty funny. I'm sorry, Zane. That's pretty funny. No, it is. It is. It, it's a good... Like I said, the movie, from I remember, was pretty good. We'll see you using the magic of watching it to see what happens. So, I guess that's it for this episode, because it's been quite long. Thanks again, Zoro, a.k.a. Dirty Z, a.k.a. Dirty Z, <laughs> exactly. And listen, to all you viewers out there, hope you're into Sparkin' Movie Review. And uh, don't be a douchebag. This is Zorro, a.k.a. Dirty Z. My favorite quote from Dutch. And I mean, I said it before, but it's pretty awesome. You hurt her and I'll hit you so fucking hard your dog will bleed, okay? I mean, that's just aspiring. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'll say about that. And this is your host, Zahn, and my favorite quote from this movie was... Nothing burps better than bacon. Your water looked tasty. Well, either way, thanks for listening, and so we are out of here. And that's a really gross quote. So, catch you guys next time, and remember, have fun, don't drink too much, don't eat too much, and remember, party on, dudes! Yep, later, guys.
Here's something you should know about me, Dale. I don't screw around. You piss me off, I react. I'm not your dad, I'm not your grampy, I'm not your uncle. I'm a working class nobody. And I don't take crap from kiddies.